Welcome to the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast series, where entrepreneurs, celebrities, and athletes talk about their journey, from starting and all the shit they had to go through to get where they are today. Please spread the love, write us a review. We want to help as many entrepreneurs and people as we can with advice from industry experts. Now, here's your host, president and founder of Adapting Social, John A. Vaguero. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. This is Above Average Driven Millennials. I'm super excited to be here today. Uh, the, the team that I have here is husband and wives, two savages, two parents, two entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, once, once they start talking, they will not need any inter- introductions. Uh, we got Danielle and Darnell Jones here with us. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. I, I appreciate it so much, guys. Well, we are super excited, and it is New Year's Eve, so how about, how awesome is that to kick off uh, New Year's Eve with you, John? I know, listen, <laughs> thank you, it's a blessing to be able to do this with you guys, I appreciate that even more so. Absolutely, good morning, good morning, we're happy to be here. Yes, so listen, so so first and foremost, please, can you both just, you know, tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourselves, and, uh, and, and then introduce Power Hands. Awesome. So I am uh, one of the co-founder of, of Power Hands, and you know, just um, from a background perspective, uh, I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur. Let me just say that I grew up um, uh, academic first. I have an MBA and uh, a Wharton a marketing leadership uh, graduate as well, and I started with big company medical device. So I thought I was going to have a corporate career, um, be the CEO of one of the big uh, fortune medical device companies. Um, I came from Philips and Medtronic and um, did that for about 15 years, uh, worked in, you know, every cross-functional group that you can think of from operations to marketing to sales to sales training, etc., um, holding, uh, having different roles in those capacities, and then boom, on uh, in 2013 is when uh, Darnell walked into uh, the kitchen and said, hey, I've got this idea that I want to brainstorm with you. So it's the perfect transition for me to uh, let him give his background and talk about how Power Hands came into uh, fruition. Yeah, Mr. Darnell Jones, co-founder here. Uh, my, my background, you know, like most kids grew up, you know, just – an avid sports, you know, athlete, love, you know, playing every sport you could, you could think of, basketball, football, baseball, golf, um, but really had a passion for basketball and that I was blessed and fortunate enough to play through college and then professionally for for a year uh, before having to hang it up due to injuries and, and other things. But um, really just transitioned that passion into entrepreneurship uh, from a mentor that I had that uh, brought me into one of his businesses in the medical device industry and then that branched off and we ended up selling three different medical device companies and uh, really just watching him and seeing the entrepreneurial spirit he had, it, it kind of, it lit mine. And so that passion that I had for sports, I trans- transitioned that into entrepreneurship. And uh, in 2011, 2010, I started uh, our first company, which was a functional underwear company called Tux, T-U-K-Z, which was underwear you used to keep your shirt tucked in. So it would be for you know, the, the lady or gentleman that, that cared about their appearance, that wanted to make sure their shirt was nice and neatly tucked in at all times. Um, ended up getting some uh, 
interest in that company and we sold a majority interest in it, uh, but still maintain a, a board position with them. And we, we have a royalty agreement with them. So still connected to it. But uh, around that time, power hands was a training device I used uh, growing up, which was a homemade method, uh, and, uh, which was uh, weighted glo- or regular gloves with ankle weights on my wrist. And doing that throughout the years that I played and training different guys, um, I thought, how can I make this better and make it an all-inclusive product? And that's kind of how it was formed in terms of, you know, including weight into the gloves. And so when I had that idea, I went to Danielle and said, hey, you know, I have this idea, you know, what do you think? Um, you know, obviously I respected her business acumen and, and the things that she had accomplished. And uh, obviously her uh, skills and expertise that I didn't have, uh, I knew that, if I was going to move forward with it, she'd be a valuable asset uh, for the, to the team. That's that's amazing, guys. And let me ask you a question. So, you know, most people most people say that it's nearly impossible to successfully work, you know, with with a spouse or you know with your husband or wife. What what are your guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> First, we'll laugh. <laughs> no. not, not action, but I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we have no clue what they're talking That's about, John. Really like, we want to go into New Year's on a good foot. Come on, John. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, um, there, it, it's, it's, there is no science to it. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, just from a very transparent standpoint, it is challenging. It's like any other relationship. So you look at businesses across the board where there are partners that are not married, the number of businesses that um, end up failing as a result to the executive management team not being on the same page, and they're not married. Right. So then imagine being in a partnership with someone and – you are uh, managing things not only from a business side, but obviously you're managing things from a personal side. And then a lot of that is going to bleed into really just talking about business because at the end of the day, this business conversation and strategy impacts your legacy from a personal side. So Absolutely. I would say that that's the one thing that helps partnerships that are husband and wife is when you can really focus on why you're partnering in the beginning. What's your why? And for us and for me, it is the legacy for our family and the fact that we've been given this amazing vision. And if we're given this vision and the means to execute this vision, then it is not about us. So therefore that helps when we're, at a point of where we don't agree upon a strategy or it gets tough from a communication side, the normal things that you would have with any type of partner that would bleed over, of course, into a marriage, if you focus on the true why, it'll get you through those times. I love that. I love that. And you know what? The biggest thing that I'm learning, so my so my wife, um, she also, she works, she works in, a, you know, her family business building boats. But she also uh, she's she's the CFO of my company as well, and obviously as my wife, you know she she owns half of everything I own anyway, right? So um, the biggest the biggest thing though is like you know the the one thing I learned uh, you know I I've been following I started my business when I was 17 years old in my parents' basement, and I've been really focusing on you know I call them my virtual mentors, and I really study up on people like Tony Robbins, 
um, you know, people like that. And one thing that I've always learned from him, and it's, I really apply it, especially when my marriage, because same situation, you know, me and my wife could be at dinner and we're talking about business, you know, 80% of the conversation is business, maybe 90. Um, but the biggest thing is I think, you know, when you trade expectation for appreciation, um, it changes everything. And so, you know, when I sit there and like if we're, you know, because it's easy to argue over things or to, or to find things to be upset about in business or things that could be better. But like you just said, I mean, you know, you're, you, you have this blessed opportunity where you both can create your legacy together. And, and that's something that we should all be appreciative of because not everybody can actually have the ability to do that. Exactly. You're right. And, and now that being said, so anybody, anybody listening in, because we have a bunch of people uh, who, who work with their spouses and stuff like that, you know, take that, take that right off Danielle and, uh, and Darnell's list, all right? Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing leading into that, you said this already, Danielle, so I'd, I'd refer to uh, Darnell in this one. What would you say your why is? Like when you get up every day and you're getting after it and you're starting your day, whether it's an easy day, a tough day, a challenging day, when your feet hit the floor, what is your why? That's a really good question. Um, it's interesting because I think that I would have to answer that I have multiple whys. Um, of course, my why for anything I do, regardless whether it's power hands or any of the business is going to be my family. And what Danielle mentioned, creating a legacy for them and a work ethic for them that they can see and take and do and grow in, right, as they grow up and they get into the workforce uh, to see how we work. That's a legacy we want to leave for them. That's a, a trait we want to leave for them. Uh, specific to power hands, there's a why, which is why it was created. And it's one of the things that I think, you know, kind of gives me goosebumps when I talk about it is when we get direct messages from kids on Instagram saying how they feel like their game has been improved. Or we get messages from parents saying, you know, thank you for creating this product. My son is hitting the ball farther than he's ever hit it before and his confidence is through the loop. Um, those are the, that's the why when it comes to power hands because that's why it started. They didn't start as a means to, hey, I got this idea on how we can make a whole bunch of money. It was, hey, I've got this idea on how we can improve um, player skill development. Right, and make them better at what they do, regardless of how great of an athlete they are. So, those would be my two whys in terms of you know power hands or the legacy that, that we want to leave for the fans. I love it, and and now see the the thing about your answers, which is awesome, and same with Danielle. Both of your answers were for your kids, were for other people. Why why are you doing it though? Like, do you have something? Is does, is business one of those things that like? It's like you just love being an entrepreneur. Are you, are you guys both just like serial entrepreneurs that like you just love the game of business? What is, what is like Darnell like about business aside from the legacy, aside from the other things that come with it? Yeah, for me, I think even I mean, since I was young, I mean, I remember, uh, I remember as far as like elementary, I remember going to the school store and buying pencils, you know, for 25 cents and selling them for 75 cents. <laughs> and never really it never was really about the money but i think it was just about it, it was it was almost just like hey i just created something and did something and, and, and benefited off it like i you know it, i got i made more than what i had before um so i think for me it's really i'm a builder you know i'm, I'm definitely I, I don't i don't see myself as a corporate type guy i'm, I'm a builder i like to get in and, and figure things out and come up with a strategy and you know, invent a new thing, uh, try to make things better than they were before. Um, I mean, that's how Tux came about. The underwear company was, you know, how are people keeping their shirts tucked in today? Okay, well, there's nothing out there. Well, 
I've got an idea. You know, with power hands, how are kids training on ball handling today? Great. I've got an idea and I can make it better. Um, the triple C product that we have, you know, Kyrie Irving was using a, a grocery bag around a basketball. And I thought, well, how can we make that product better and more applicable for the sport? Um, so really, I just feel like it's, it's the builder mentality and seeing something kind of start from the seed and grow into a plant. You know, that, that's what I think my why is in that regard. I love it. How about you, Danielle? Yeah, so my, you know, obviously Darnell has stated it, I said it for um, the family and the legacy. <clears throat> but, you know, there's there's two two whys. One is, you know, I, I truly believe that um, each of us have these natural-born gifts that we were given. And it is our responsibility not only for ourselves to let those gifts explode and to, to use those or, frankly, I mean, you are losing at the game of life. You are truly losing if you don't do that. Then, if you don't take those gifts and inspire others to allow their gifts to explode, then you're just, to me, a loser because you're being very selfish with what um, you've been given, which is not yours. You've only been given these gifts to impact others' lives. So that responsibility to me and keeping the integrity of that responsibility is very, very important, which is why not only do I love, love, love business, um, and I have, you know, it's interesting, I, again, uh, growing up in corporate America and learning from big company, world-class organizations, and, and how you accept nothing but excellence um, in those roles, or, or frankly, um, it was frowned upon if you delivered anything different. I didn't realize what an entrepreneur I was in those roles until I reflect back on the fact that I had certain people that said, Danielle, you're too creative. You're, you're too innovative. And it was in a way of exposing me to the fact that I was always trying to create, build, come up with new ideas, do things that are out of the box, push the envelope from an emerging market standpoint. And because of that absolute love for business, um, that translates, of course, over to, to Power Amp. And um, building this company, pouring into this company, doing something different. But also, my overall love is a business strategy and wanting other people to win. Like, I truly love seeing a community of people that uh, have that expose their collective gifts and they are using that to win either in business, either in branding from the corporate America side, however that is and whatever that capacity is, I love to, to see them win. Wow. That was fire. Wow. You crushed People that. You are so funny with that. <laughs> Wow, you guys, that's that's something else, man. Wow, that that was really good. I really appreciate that. That's a lot of lot of value right there. Uh just in both what you and Darnell said. That was really, really big. Thank you for sharing that perspective. I I honestly never really thought of it that way about how we were given these, you know, these these natural talents and uh, you know, they're not ours, but they're given to us and it exposes us and helps us enable other people. And that's wow. Amazing. Um, thank you for that, Danielle. Absolutely. 
And so talk to me and, and the entrepreneurs that are listening in, right? So everybody has a, a, you know, a hurdle, a hard spot when they're just starting. You know, what would you say to somebody who is an entrepreneur? You know, they have this idea, this dream, this vision, just like you guys have with Power Hands and any other businesses you've started. And, you know, they're at that beginning marker. What advice would you give somebody on day one? Well, my, my first advice is don't believe the hype on social media. <laughs> right, right. We, oh, my gosh. Because the reason I say that is because, you know, typically, you know, Google is an entrepreneur's best friend. Social media outlets are an entrepreneur's best friend. And you can look at the hype and the perfect world of entrepreneurialism on social media, and you will feel that you cannot do it, that right. you don't have the resources, you don't have the talent to make everything look as pretty as it is portrayed with certain businesses. There are businesses pages that look so pretty, and they have zero money in the bank, right. and they're still trying to figure it out. So I would, from a mentoring perspective, um, a network and ecosystem perspective, it is very, very important for um, entrepreneurs, startup companies to have an ecosystem of people around them that are going to truly spread wisdom that is real about the hurdles, about um, pitfalls, uh, how do you overcome those. How do you build your network? How do you set up your operational blueprint and infrastructure? That and ecosystem and mentorship is huge. That's and I, yeah, I think uh, I, I would I, I would certainly agree with that. Um, I would say two things. I would say the first thing would be uh, you know certainly I, I love when people say hey this is something you're passionate about and and it will work. I think I agree with that, but I think you need to do something you're passionate about that brings value. So whatever you're creating, whatever you're building, whatever service it is, uh, it needs to bring value. And, and not just in your eyes, but you need to get out and, and, and ask people, what, is this valuable? What, would you use this? Do you like this? Is, you see this as something that, that brings value to people, right? That way you're not drinking your own Kool-Aid. And I think the other thing is, is be, you have to be willing to go through the fire. So to Danielle's point where she said, you know, Instagram, these things aren't real, you know, over 90% of businesses fail in general, right? So if you if you think about that, you have to be really doing through the fight or, or willing to go through the fight to not give up at the first time you come to, come to adversity. Um, you have to be willing to wake up with knocks in your stomach because something didn't go as planned or the production of that product didn't happen within the timeline that you initially set. Um, whatever it may be, you just have to be prepared for that fight and understand that, the glamorous life of saying that I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and everything's peachy and you're going to you know, be driving foreign cars and those things is really just not reality right. uh, in most cases. It, that, that, that would be my, my two pieces of the quick advice. You know what? On that, on that note, though, that was such an awesome point because can we all, can we all sit here and agree for a second? Like when you said, the, when you said waking up with knots in your stomach like, or, or you know, the, the wanting of the crazy you know, sports cars or fancy things, how... It's, it's so crazy how the perception 
of being an entrepreneur or a business owner these days is so much sexier than it's led on to actually be. Is it not? Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Yes, and and the pressure for people that are are not grounded because you've got entrepreneurs that are starting at age 17, 18, etc. And I feel so bad for them because they haven't had enough life experiences to understand that this is a false perception and that then they're chasing that false perception, which then gets them more in debt and they're not focusing on their business at hand as they should. Right. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and the sad thing is I understand why people do it on, on Instagram and why they do it. I mean, of course, like anything else, you're not going to highlight your, your faults. You're not going to highlight where you fall short. You're going to highlight your wins and highlight what's what's great about your business because you're trying to sell the consumer a product or a service. If you, if you're a business coach, you know, you're, you're in private jets and Ferraris, you're going to get a lot more this coach and you're, you're driving a, you know, a Kia Optima and you're, regardless of the content that you're giving, people are going to look at that and say, well, this guy's not successful because he doesn't have a whole bunch of, he doesn't have a Rolex and all these nice things. So I get why they do it, but I do think it's unfortunate. And I do think, I do hope that more entrepreneurs come out and, and, tell the truth about the story. And I was telling another entrepreneur the other day, I said, I don't think innately humans like to see, or excuse me, entrepreneurs like to see other entrepreneurs fail because they want them to fail. I think they're okay with seeing them fail because it makes them feel like their, their reality is not that bad. And it's a real reality that, you know what, this entrepreneur is failing and I'm failing. So I at least feel okay that I'm not just on an island by myself and I'm the only entrepreneur out here failing. They can actually see what the reality is. So I think it's important to highlight or not highlight, but at least talk about the realities of, you know, being an entrepreneur. And like I said, failure doesn't mean you lose your business, but it could mean that, you know, you had a, a target date to hit production or something and it got pushed back three months, which caused you to miss an order that might have been $50,000 or whatever it could be. But I think it's important to share the reality of those, those, those minor failures or major failures. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I actually had somebody, um, you, I mean, in this day, in this day and age, you would believe this. I was just about to say, you're not going to believe this, but in this day and age, you will. I had somebody apply uh, who was an influencer for one of our social media positions here about a year ago, and I looked at their follower base, and they had like I think like fifty thousand followers, and like it was like a personal branding account, and it was like a and you know just like everybody else on the planet, they were trying to be like a business coach um, and like a success coach and all stuff on Instagram, and so long story short, I had this person come in and, uh, and they interviewed and I sat down and I know I didn't know who they were when I first sat down with them. Uh, my, my hiring, my hiring uh, staff, you know, set everything up. And so when I sat down and they started telling me about what they do, I could not believe like this person was charging, like, let's just say it was like 10 bucks a month um, or like five bucks a month for entrepreneur, uh, you know, for classes and these training things. And like, it, and it was all complete you know, garbage and rubbish. And, um, and this person didn't know the first thing about being an entrepreneur yet was online, had this follower base. They were paying them, you know, didn't know the first thing about entrepreneurship, had no money, clearly was looking for a job. And it's like, that's, that's the BS that's out there right now. You know, and like, I, and for me, it's, it's bad. Yeah, there's a there are a lot of thirty dollar millionaires walking around, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it it is critical that you know I I love the transparency that's happening as a whole in our country, 
Um, some of it is, is just way too much, but um, uh, but I, I think it, it's important for people to have those very honest conversations about um, what does not go according to plan. And I, I am I am optimistic that we'll have more entrepreneurs, the very successful ones, talk about the dark days, the dark nights. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, we got a nod for uh, for uh, Entrepreneur of the Year through Ernst Young, and there was a woman that won um, uh, for a company, uh, Susie Baptiste uh, with Cooperie. And this woman talked about the fact that you know um, she had to bankrupt her company um, prior to its success. That she you know went through a lot of uh, issues uh, in her marriage. Um, and dealt with the, a, a lot of challenges there, that um, she had a lot of employees that betrayed her, and there were lawsuits that were involved. Just a really hard road to get to where she was. And, you know, I don't think the the story may be different, but the situation is a commonplace. Right. There's a lot that goes on behind the doors with entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, I mean, that's why you see someone like, a Tory Burch who, you know, has retail stores, very successful, but is, is lonely inside. So I think we're able to cure the issue of people feeling they're alone the more transparent we are about what the reality is. Because if you're chasing that false reality, then that gets you more into a lonely pit because it's not realistic and you can't keep up with it. Hundred percent, and so many and so many entrepreneurs now. The the rate of like entrepreneurship, whether it's depression, uh, you know, anxiety or suicidal, like it's crazy. And and a majority they say is because of the fact that like you know people are so out of reality with what's actually happening. We have these thirty dollar millionaires, like you just said, that are running around acting like they have everything, and people who work their butts off aren't wearing a Rolex in an Instagram picture and are like not getting it. So it's, it's insane. Yep. Agreed. And so what, and that, that leads me to the next one. So what, what have been, what have been some challenges that you guys have had to overcome, you know, just in the entrepreneurial game, you know, you know, whether it's power hands or anything else, you know, that, and you know, what, what were some of those challenges and how did you guys rise above them? Uh, I mean, I'll start with this one. I think, you know, I mean, we could we could spend a whole talk on on challenges when it comes to entrepreneurship. But I would say the initial challenge was, you know, we created a new lane in 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 the space, especially especially in basketball. Uh, we created a product that you know you never use gloves in basketball. You know, um, right? So we really kind of were out there trailblazing in terms of you know how do you use this product? Why is it useful? How do you educate the market? How do you get it out to the market? Um, how do you get people to buy into it to at least try it, right? Because, again, it was so foreign for people to wear gloves playing basketball. You, you, you just didn't do it. You never did it. Um, so I think that's one of those things. It wasn't – we really didn't have a a laid path to say, hey, you have a, a clothing startup and there's been 500 other clothing startups that you can go and read their story and figure out how they did it. It was – we got to put together a strategy and we got to kind of manipulate and figure it out and be flexible as we go down the path and – make changes as necessary. So that was probably the initial uh, struggle specific to 
uh, power hands. But of course, we could, you know, Danielle will share some, but we could go on and on about, you know, different struggles and things that we've come across. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll, I'll add on to that. Um, just with a couple that I think um, are, are certainly universal to most startups. Um, one is, you know, people are your biggest assets, but as with the startup, you don't have the right funding to hire the the right talent. And what happens sometimes, in I think most cases, you know, other than, you know, the founders and, and sometimes the, you know, the founders have certain talents in other areas and then you put this awesome team around you, people that compliment you, um, but you end up having warm bodies instead of people that are very talented, that truly understand the sacrifice that comes along with <clears throat> being an entrepreneur. Because at the end of the day, I mean, this is not their company. It's our baby. We shouldn't even expect another individual to change that baby, feed that baby, wake up with the baby in the middle of the night because it's not their baby. But right. you have to have someone with a mindset that's going to be a part of the team that understands what they're gaining with joining a startup. You are not only exposing yourself to one cross-functional um, uh, discipline, but you get exposed to, if you're in customer service, you get exposed to the supply chain. You get exposed to marketing. You get exposed to sales. Just by sure fact of the individuals that start with the company, they have to wear multiple hats. So you are gaining that, taking that hit from a sacrifice standpoint, but you gotta, you gotta find the right people to do that. And the second part complements that, which is funding. I mean, it is, you know, you, you look at the reason that most companies fail and, you know, funding is a very big piece of that because you have this idea, but you have to get other people bought into your vision and where you're going. So either you're, you're able to be sufficient by um, owning all of your company or selling on your own, but if you have a manufacturing piece, you know, a technology piece, et cetera, nine times out of 10, you know, it's not cotton candy. Um, you're, you're going to have uh, uh, some investors that are included. Understanding that language, understanding that game, understanding that network is truly a challenge. Um, getting a seat at the table is truly a challenge. So being able to talk about from an overcoming, uh, how you overcome those uh, obstacles, it, it is truly setting aside the I don't know what I don't know and find out and really stretch yourself, um, humble yourself, and understand how to get to the right people to get funding, what that pitch deck looks like, who the resources should be in order to help you um, explain your business properly, attract it uh, so that it's attractive to the right people, um, uh, getting the right people on your team, of course, uh, really uh, uh, looking at um, talent that makes sense from a financial standpoint and, of course, those people that have the passion and the will um, in order to do the job, it, you can overcome those things, but there, there certainly is um, uh, 
the persistent um, uh, thought process that needs to go, methodical thought process that needs to go involved uh, in order to, to gain that knowledge. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing advice, and and I really appreciate you guys and, and shedding that value, and uh, and we're and we're running close to time here, so I just want to uh, dive into a few more things. So, talk to me about how how can somebody who is looking to secure funding? Do you have any advice uh, on securing funding for any startups that are out there grinding and uh, and preparing their pitch decks and things of that nature uh, that would set them up for success? Yeah, that's a good one. And, and, and your point, obviously, that you know one of the most important pieces. Um, really depends on the stage in your business. Uh, you know, if you're if you're very early on, you know, pre-production, pre-money type, you know, stage of your business. You know, certainly looking at like friends and family funding is is pretty common way to go. Um, if you're in technology, if you have you know a beta or something complete, you know, venture capital, angel networks. I mean, there's if you look up Angel, it's a hundred across the country. Um, you know, some big ones here in Texas, like North Texas Angels Network or Central Texas Angels Network, some of the bigger ones. Um, and then obviously, you know, you get huge big venture capital firms. And nowadays, they have a lot that are broken out by market. So if you have a consumer good product, or if you have a again a sports tech product, or just a technology product, you can really uh, hone it down into specifically what investors you want to look towards. Uh, but the resources online today are, you know, they're amazing. I mean, I mean, getting funding, the hardest part is actually getting them to buy into your story. But finding them is, 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 not, is not difficult. And now um, those points that Cernel made are, are absolutely excellent. I would say, um, in addition, one other thing that we found opens doors is your advisory team. And we met um, a woman by the name of Alicia Cigarette, who I absolutely um, adore from a business standpoint and a person. Um, she's kind of seen as a mother Teresa for um, entrepreneurs. She has this program um, where she brings in advisors, um, and, and her focus is women um, at businesses. She brings in advisors, and uh, you get to go through the series of understanding what this advisor could bring to the table. And what we found is, John, this advisor could have a Harvard degree on their bio. They could have, um, you know, uh, any uh, background from a sports science side like John um, Brutus. Um, anything that is relevant and valuable to the strategy of your business that they could actually have a Rolodex of people that they could reach and call, which gives you that warm introduction. And that's going to knock down a lot of the barriers that you have because it still truly is about who you know. Um, you know, going to uh, your local uh, entrepreneurial center is huge. Googling those resources, but if you can be strategic with on to your advisory board and or your board, that will open a lot of doors for you. Thank you. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And honestly, I've done the same thing with myself. When I first started Adapting Social, I suck out a ton of different resources. 
I didn't go the funding route. You know, obviously, uh, my business, I'm blessed to be able to be able to put sweat equity in in the beginning uh, and utilize the free tools out there like Google and YouTube and all these different coding platforms and things like that. But anytime, you know, that we have entrepreneurs come through or people who are want, want entrepreneurs in the beginning, you know, these, these are all crucial pieces of advice, seeking out help. Because too many people have egos and think because they see shit on Instagram that they can go out there and do it without having help. Um, so I, I appreciate and I, and I respect that. And, um, and, and last but not least, so, you know, before, before we end off on our last segment, where can people find you guys? This is where you plug power hands, you know, where you're located, obviously the website, social, lay it all out for us. Well, and, and right now I'm throwing up the, uh, the deep designs as I'm talking so that I can get this all in, but <laughs> um, we can be found at powerhands with the Z.com on every single social site from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, LinkedIn, and my goodness, we have an amazing partner that's called Adapting Social that helps us keep up with, with all of those different social channels. Um, you can always also on Power Hands. Um, at this time, we have a uh, crowdfunding campaign, which is the first time that we have opened up uh, the opportunity for uh, consumers that we have today and customers who call them Powerhands fam, as well as new people to actually own shared equity in our company. So you can check us out there, and that gives you a lot of information as well. So, John, we just want to uh, thank you for your partnership and also congratulate you on the amazing culture and business that you have built within Adapting Social because it's something that you should truly be proud of. Thank you, Danielle. I really, I really do appreciate that so much, guys. Because number one, we feel blessed. You know, every day I wake up, my why for my own selfish reasons outside of my family. Same thing, similar to you guys with legacy um, and building something that can just help people. You know, the biggest thing for me is I'm obsessed, sickly, with entrepreneurs. Like I love, I love people. I love working with people. I love helping people who want to risk and roll the dice so that they can make something out of nothing. Or go out there and they'll, they'll face rejection, you know, um, and, and I knew, and one thing, you know, that I'm going to lead into, but like, so for me, when I first, again, started adapting social and before I started diversifying and starting other businesses, the biggest thing is when I was, when I was going, I, you know, when I was 17 years old, I went out, I had my grandma buy me a suit and tie at Marshall's and, um, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. And I went door to door. Uh, you know, trying to sell people for over two years. Um, and I got rejected every day. And, you know, I had that pit in my stomach waking up every morning, like, oh, I'm going to get rejected again today or on this phone call or this or that. And, um, and I just love people who are willing to do that and endure that same, you know, that embarrassment, that risk um, and everything that comes with being an entrepreneur, because it's not always sexy. It's, it's the complete opposite, actually. Uh, and, and everybody looks at the guy who has a nice car and not, and not just these fake Instagram people. Like, you know, when I was younger, you know, I came from a family who doesn't have money, um, being the oldest of five. And, you know, so money was always tight in my family. I had to, I had to, you know, grow up early and help my family with their mortgage and stuff. And so when I would see, you know, like an older person or some guy driving a Porsche or a Ferrari or this mansion, I would always think to myself with that stupid mentality of like, wow, they're so lucky. You know, that lucky bastard. 
But you know what? When you look at those people, and this is what I love about entrepreneurs so much, it's that they were, they were willing to risk who they were for who they wanted to be. And so for me, that's, yeah. that's the way that I've, you know, that's the way I've lived my life. And that's why I am obsessed with people like you guys, because again, you, I, again, uh, Danielle, we had a conference call while you were like in Mexico, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and, and you, and you were, and you were on vacation over there in the sun and, and we were over here talking about business still. And, but that's, that's what it is. There is no unplugging, you know? Um, and, uh, and for entrepreneurs that, that truly, that truly get that and, and just I'm just that segment of people who who have a work-life integration, not a work-life balance. Because work-life balance was created by people who yeah. hate Yeah, they hated they hated their jobs, you know? There you go. They they That's exactly it. Yeah. They, yeah, no John, that is cool. Yeah, very very well put. And um yeah, we could podcasts like yours as well as individual conversations if we can push entrepreneurs to get it beyond that pain, which is so funny. That's what we heard a message yesterday. Um, don't get so caught up in the pain, the no's and the rejection and all those things. Always keep your mind focused on the purpose. Right. And that will give you the, um, the perseverance that you need every single day to make sure that you are doing what you need to do to, to make an impact. I love that. I love that. Keep your mind focused on the purpose. That's huge. I love that. Yep. And, and so in ending, so in segueing that, I always love to ask any of our guests, uh, you know, what is, and I would like to ask you both individually, and I'll start with my man Darnell over there. What in your life is a quote that you really like, that you vibe with, that kind of like is your quote when you're having a bad time, like you, th- you think of that way? Do you have anything that really resonates with you? Uh, and it's funny, Danielle could probably say it because uh, I, I say it often. But I think the one that stuck with me um, since I was in college, um, college basketball coach of mine, used to like beat into our head. And I didn't really get it then, but now it makes a lot of sense. And, and that is nothing is so good or so bad that the mind does not make it so. And, and how I use that is, is when you have a win, the win is not as good as you think it is. Right. Hitting the game-winning shot was not as big as you thought it was. But the loss that you took and and the struggle you're going through is not as bad as you think it is. So it's really keeping that balanced approach and saying, you know what, it, I'm making it worse than it is, or I'm making it better than it is. So it, it's really just about keeping that balance and, and staying even killed because being an entrepreneur, there's so many ups and downs. Uh, you could be on high on Monday and you could be low on Tuesday. So if you don't keep a balance, um, you'll lose hair and, and uh, you know, <laughs> if, if not lose it, you'll pull it out. But I guess mine's just going best, you know, anyways. I love it. I love it. I love it. That is great. You're going to pull it or lose it if you don't, if you don't balance that. And, yeah. ha- and, and how about you, Danielle? Uh, gosh, and, you know, I drew a blank here, but the, the one that I can think of, because, and I'm a huge uh, quote girl, so this is, crazy that I have a blank, but the, the one that I can um, think of that really resonates with me, it's kind of life encompassing and not businesses as, as a whole, um, but it's a um, Maya Angelou quote where uh, she talks about the fact that, you know, people will forget what you said, but, and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, mm. um, and I try to carry that with me through each 
all connections from a standpoint of if I meet a, a stranger in the grocery store. Um, I just love people. So if I can make that person smile or engage with them, then I'd love to do that. And, and you know, because I, I feel like a smile and a hug could save a life. So I really, um, Amen to that. throughout my daily, daily life, try to focus on how can I leave something in someone that they needed that day. And it's hard because, of course, you know, we have to take care of ourselves and being an entrepreneur, a lot of the business stuff sucks you in. Mm-hmm. But what helps me is to remember, Danielle, this is not about you. It really isn't. So if you can figure out how to get past your stuff and your woe is me and I wish I had this resource, I wish I could do this, and why isn't this person doing that, and really focus on, okay, how can I deposit into others and for me, it makes my life easier that day. Oh, that's 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 awesome. You both, that's awesome. And and one thing, one thing. So for mine, you know, my 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 quote again. Back to adapting social fo- uh, foundation. When I first started, again, I was young, but I wanted to find something that really, really resonated with me. And this is why I like to ask entrepreneurs this question. So I was googling, I was looking for days on days, and I found this one quote. That to this day, you know, a decade later, I, you know, I look at it every morning. I, it's on my wall and my businesses. And the biggest thing that, that it does for me is it pulls me out and it makes me understand, you know, that in order for struggle, you know, in order to be successful, you have to struggle. And, you know, the quote is, you know, and I put it in my, when I first started in my parents' basement, I had it, I printed it out. I put it in next to my bed. So when I woke up, but I saw it. And then when I was in my little uh, basement office. John, you're so good with foot hangers. Like, you've got us on the edge of our <laughs> <What is> the- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And then, I put it, and then I put it in my office, in my parents' office. And, and the quote was, it was, live a few years of your life like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. And me coming yeah. from a family that didn't have money. Uh, that struggled, that had, you know, a lot of financial issues. You know, I, you know, a lot of my foundation in the starting for me was about, oh, I have to, I have to get rich so I can pay off my parents' mortgage. Like that was my biggest thing. You know, I wanted to help my parents pay the mortgage off, make sure that my family is just secure. That's why my, that's why Adapting Social even started. It was just to help my family. And when I, and as I started to grow and and I started my first year of business, uh, I made $4,000 and when I look back, because I didn't go to college, I dropped out of I dropped out of you know college because again I started at seventeen and then I tried to go for a few courses after I finished high school and I was like you know what I don't want to do this and I stopped and so for me I was I was hungry but I was foolish and and you know I and, and that's the one thing that again a big mentor for me is Steve Jobs and he always say he always says to entrepreneurs. Stay hungry and stay foolish. Because if I was too wise or if I was too wise for my own good, I would have said, this is a flop. I only made four grand in a whole entire year. This is nothing. Um, but I took everything that I learned from that year and I never once to this day, never, ever, ever considered quitting. Because I knew that I had to struggle first. I had to learn. I had to get rejected. I had to make no money. I had to get, you know, I had that pit in my stomach. And if I didn't have all of those things, then I wasn't on the right track. Because success doesn't fall on anybody's lap. 
And, you know, that these are the things. So I love to ask these these quotes from people because I truly believe that it's a it's a it's a pure indicator of your of your character. Um, and, you know, I don't like to I don't like to judge people based off of, you know, a conversation. I, I like to judge people based off of, you know, more so when their back is against the wall. And normally these quotes are things that people prepare for when things are not good. Um, so I respect and I love the ones that you guys came up with and I appreciate that. Are you guys still there? Oh, I'm so sorry. We were we were talking and the phone was on um, mute. Forgive me. Oh, no problem. Um, no problem. No, we we were saying we appreciate you, John, and uh, we we don't want this to end. Um, it's a goal <laughs> of ours to make sure we keep our community um, and ecosystem of entrepreneurs strong in 2019, moving forward, so we can share and deposit and give resources um, and do whatever we can to help each other succeed. I love that. I love that. And we will definitely keep in touch with that. Uh, you know, first off, I, I mean, last off, I want to, you know, thank you guys so much for your time. You know, I truly believe that time is the one asset we don't get back. And you guys just spending it with us and, and adding value, massive value to entrepreneurs around the world that are listening in, uh, you know, it means the world to me. So first off, thank you so much for doing that, especially on New Year's Eve. I mean, come on now. I know. We are ringing in the new year together. How about that? Amen. Let's get it. And uh, and that, again, and thank you. I can see you standing up doing a little dance with that. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing backflips over here. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, awesome! Well, thank you, John. No, thank you guys. Seriously, Darnell, Danielle, you guys have truly been a blessing to be on here. I, you know, the 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 value that you brought is going to change somebody's business, somebody's life, and uh, you know, and I'm so I'm forever grateful for it. And uh, and one thing I like to end off with every time is, you know, I like to break, you know, me being in marketing and me being somebody, you know, who, uh, who focuses on psychology and the way the human mind works. Um, you know, I, I always love to disrupt minds. So instead of most people saying, all right, we're, you know, we're, we're ending off, everybody have a great day, create a great, you know, have a good new year, whatever. I always, always, always like to disrupt minds. So instead of everybody having a good day, having a, having a great new year, um, I always, I always tell people, even if I see them like a supermarket, instead of have a good day, I always break it up and I say, create a great day because you're in charge of it. You're the pilot. You're the captain. The moves you make, the way, that you, right. the way that you perceive life and how it happens, because you can't control life. You can only perceive how you react to it and, and you know what your thoughts are about it. But don't just create a great life. You know, make, make sure, I'm sorry, now don't just create a great week. But create a great freaking life for yourselves because you're in charge. And being an entrepreneur, the world is our playground. And we're able to do things that so many people can't do. And it's because we decided to take these risks. So get after it. Create an amazing 2019 for everybody out there. And Danielle Darnell, again, thank you so much. I already know you guys are going to be crushing it in 2019. Um, you know, let's, let's get after it. One word, sir. Done. Done. It's already over. It's already done. Complete. I love it. Happy New Year's to you guys, and and thank you so much again. Awesome. Thank you, John. Happy Talk New to you soon.